a tale older than time itself. This is Chapter 9 of Author Talks with Lisa T. And what could I be talking about other than love and the gods? Coming up, author Rosa Lim chats with us about her romanticy debut, featuring a couple trapped in a game with world-ending consequences. Before we jump into talking about Night for Day, you have to tell me, how do you define romanticy? Romanticy is fantasy with like a central relationship, at least a central relationship at its core. And this is your first dive into writing fantasy-like books, right? It is. I also have like a YA epic fantasy coming out. So it's me pivoting from magical realism, like fabulism into fantasy. All right. And armed with that knowledge, set up your story for us. What if you have an ex that you know is bad for you, but you keep going out, going back for seconds, like lots and lots of seconds. And it's that's that that's that type of relationship where you haven't fixed your issues yet. And you land this job, you find out he's in the same town as you. And then you figure out that you're stuck at your job, like physically, magically stuck in your job. And you need to work with your ex to figure out how you can both get out. That sounds like a nightmare to me. (laughs) But for your characters, here they are trapped in this situation. Also, you know, they kind of find themselves in this tale as old as time with you know the proverbial like god versus mortal i don't want to give too much away but your book to me it was so entertaining to read i also love that there's this escape room-esque like inspiration to it can you talk a little bit more about that i love escape rooms and to me escape rooms bring out like the carnal animal in you because it's the only time you're like oh my gosh i'm gonna work really well with this person And then you also have that thought of, oh, I would totally, if this was like in a no jurisdiction place, I would totally murder like all of the people that I'm in this room with because I'm the only one who can get us out and no one's helping me. (laughs) So true. And, you know, your book itself, like not just your two main characters, Ward and Camille, who who are the ones in the relationship who find themselves stuck and have to work together. But you... You play with a lot of opposites in general in your book. I mean, from the literal, you know, color black, color white, to old and young, chaos and time, love and lust, easygoing versus workaholic, rich versus poor. It it seemed like you had a lot of fun with these juxtapositions. One writing advice I was given is always create conflict because it makes things a heck of a lot more interesting. And that's that's it. You have a lot of conflict (laughs) in this book, whether it's between your two main characters, between them and their bosses, the people that they're not. It turns out they're not stuck alone in their jobs. They've they've got bosses that they're stuck with who they conflict with. I mentioned that you also weave in mythology and gods. Did you base any of those characters on actual mythological? Because I found myself trying to guess who was who. But then at the same time, I I. I admitted defeat and couldn't figure anything out. I did. So if you love mythology or a mythology nut, there are enough clues in there. And I will entertain guesses on social media if you want to guess who is who. But it definitely is like in Eastern and Western mythology. 
Okay. I, I've figured that part out and I'm not that familiar with the Eastern mythology. So I knew I was going to fail on that front. I was trying to figure out who Theo was, who's one of your godlike creatures. Can't say I got there. Maybe we can talk after here because I don't want to spoil anything <laughs> for anybody and see if my guess is even in the ballpark. But, you know, I want to get to your love story between Ward and Camille. You have two people, two different worlds. They seem to want different things, but the one thing they can agree on is that they kind of want each other. You know, it's your classic opposites attract scenario. Does it work in fiction? Does it work in real life? Or is it just something humans are doomed to constantly repeat? I I should say, I find that Theo and Din, who's his girlfriend in this story, also have this opposites attract kind of thing going on. It is because some like being human means you can be completely lustfully in, like just lusting after somebody on like a you know like a biological level, and you could also feel the same way like from a very like mental like like you could be attracted to the person as well for their personality for their intelligence all of that like it's it's playing with all of these different factors and there are it's kind of inspiration for me because I know I'm not going to name names but there are people I know who are like just go at it like bunnies but they don't get they don't get along outside of the the bunny (laughs) situation I hope they're listening (laughs) and it was also refreshing to read a, a romance book with a male character who's the one who's driven by emotion and the female characters, the level-headed one. That's what I want. Like, thank you for pointing that out. Cause that's what I wanted to show. Like that women can be, can be like more take charge and it's like a good thing. And that men can be like very touchy feely, romantic, all of that. And it's also like a good thing. Yeah, and you need you need both. I need. I think you need both to make a relationship work. But at, like anything, too much of anything is never good for anybody. This seems like the perfect book to be adapted for the screen. And I know I might be premature in asking you, but has there been any interest? I haven't asked my film agent because I've been so busy working on like two books at the same time. <laughs> How do you even manage that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's time management. Like like you're tetrising blocks with of time together to make sure everything works. As I have like as of now, I haven't heard anything, but I do know like my other three books have the TV deal with them. But this is like obviously set in a different universe. Yeah, no, I mean I I would love to see this. It's just, I mean, also, you know, I'm not one of those people who will tell somebody, wait for the movie to come out. Like everyone should obviously pick up this book first because it it is so much fun to be like drawn into this, this world that you've built. And I got to ask, like the fact that you're working on two books at the same time, does that mean you're, you're more like Camille in terms of work ethic than you are like Ward? It's like, it's, it's my super Asian upbringing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's that's honestly what it it's is. It's like the stereotypical tiger mom thing. More like the stereotypical productivity capitalism. It's it's similar, but it's that <laughs> kind of thing where I, I feel guilty if I'm not. But the situation is that like if you are a writer and you're constantly going, you have to stop or burnout will happen. 
And so I'm I'm guessing then that you've learned where where your stopping point is and when you know you need to take a break. Yes, I'm taking a break right now. I am drawing food. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of food are you drawing? Uh, stuff that I want to eat, like Popeye's chicken sandwich, tempura shrimp, pizza, macarons, oh my strawberry gosh. shortcake. That sounds like a, a lunch or dinner of dreams right there. And so then when you're done drawing that, you go back to writing. That's like your, your break. Yeah, my, my agent told me, she said that if writing becomes too painful, as in like you're sitting in front of this your keyboard and you're clacking and it's just not, things aren't coming out the way you want to, and you know you're close to burnout, then you should just stop and peel back. Like, do it when your characters are talking to you, because I, I honestly think that that is true. Like, if you are working on something that's so exciting, your characters will be talking to you inside your head. <laughs> Listen, you're not the first writer who's told me that pe- that they hear voices in their head, so that is not weird to me anymore. <laughs> what first got you into writing? Is this always been something you've liked to do? It is. I just love telling stories, and it's from my grandmother. When I grew up, my grandma would read me like comics, or would sit, would sit, we'd sit down and we'd watch like TV shows and stuff together so it's definitely some and she'd also tell me like scary stories or filipino folklore and i'm like wow this is fascinating and then i got into it doing research on fairy tales and then i got into mythology like do it just reading reading mythology is basically people it's a never-ending soap opera unless you're dealing with, you know, end of the world situation. But it's a never-ending ro- soap opera for people who are who live a long time and haven't seen a therapist. <laughs> I, you know, you do you do get into that with with your god characters and the whole idea that you know they they do feel and can have emotions, which I think a lot of people assume when they're reading mythology that's that's not really the case. But that because they're around so long, they don't feel in the same way anymore. It is. It's like the, it's uh, you become desensitized to everything. And I, I firmly believe that if we all had like an immortal life and you've been living for such a long time, there are things that you're going to lose because you've been living for such a long time. Like thing, you won't feel things that you've seen. It, it'll be less and less of new things you've seen before, et cetera. You've said that this is um, a departure from the previous books that you've written. It's a new world. Is there any plan to to stay within it and and showcase us more of these characters? I entertained, I honestly entertained a novella idea about Mr. King walking in the world and falling in love with a mortal woman and see what that's like. Hmm. So I, I haven't. You, you haven't sat down to he hasn't talked to you no. yet. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, we can we can keep our fingers crossed that uh, that he wants to that he wants to show up. In the meantime, people can pick up Night for Day, Roselle Lim. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today and talking about it. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. And get some food. I will. <laughs> And that's where we close the book on this chapter. If my chat with Roselle has you craving more mythology, she shared an epic reading list that you can only get if you're a subscriber to my newsletter. How do you do that? 
Just head on over to lisatbooks.com to sign up. And while you're signing up for things, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and X at Lisa T Books. I am Lisa T. Keep turning those pages. <laughs>